people, and welcome to Reviews in Twos, where we review a book, movie, or TV show with a friend. I'm your host, Nora Kalkman, and today I am joined again by one of my best friends, Sarah Falk. We are continuing our review right where we left off from last time, so if you haven't listened to parts one or two of the review, I'd highly recommend doing that. The Name of the Wind is a book written by Patrick Rothfuss and first published in 2007. If you haven't read it or you've read it but it's been a while, I'd also highly recommend listening to the pre-review that we did on the book where we kind of talk about what happens in the plot and also lay down the groundwork for our review. So, speaking of, we will be talking about spoilers in this review. So, spoiler warning, and without further ado, let's get into the episode! Okay, well, first of all, before I get into CRU, there are three things that were very sorely missed from this book. Number one, a dictionary. Yes. There are many new things that we are introduced to in this world, and we do not know what they are or what they mean. Or maybe we do, but that was 200 pages ago. And yep. now we don't remember. <laughs> Especially if you read the book in more than three days. Like, you're gonna forget yeah. Second, pronunciation guide. Mm-hmm. Even within this review, we have said things that we have no idea if we have pronounced them right. Yep, yep. <laughs> so that's a thing. And then also either like a glossary or like a phrase bank situation. Like reading the Aragon series, they mm-hmm. had like a phrase bank for like Elvish and stuff and other oh, yeah. other books have that as well. But The Name of the Wind does not. And... That's a real shame because <laughs> yeah, that's... there are many like words and phrases that are said, especially in Siaru, because Willem, one of his best friends, is um, speaks Siaru, his, his his native tongue, as well as uh, one of the masters with which Quoth is closest to. So they often say these things, and it's like you can get inferences but especially words that are repeated over and over i would like to know what they mean to get a fuller sense of the story now with this some of the idioms are nice like sometimes they say idioms in siaru and it's a little bit different and it adds to the flavor of the culture and the world and it's great but other things expressions it's like okay you know what like chill <laughs> but then there are things like like tinker tanner it's a drinking song or like some sort of catchy tune that is referred to over and over and over and over and over again which can be a little bit annoying but also mm-hmm. i kind of like because we're introduced to so many different elements and so many different parts of different cultures and songs and stuff but tinker tanner seems to be a very widely known thing and it sort of it pops up everywhere in the story, so it's kind of another link, which I enjoy. So, Yeah, I agree with everything that you say. I also think that Rothfuss, I mean, actually, I don't, I don't know. He either just was maybe a bit lazy and didn't want to do help us out a little bit, but he could have also been trying 
to keep that word theme or that mystery or whatever because I saw an interview of him talking about like the actual name of the wind that is mentioned in the book and he said that lots of people have asked him how to pronounce that because no one knows and he said that he actually has that word in there more to be seen rather than read or said out loud and I thought that was really interesting I don't know if that would apply to other words I mean like even names or like the different levels of education that you get it's I don't know how to pronounce those either but like I thought that was interesting that that's what he wanted for the name of the wind so maybe he was trying to keep that going with other names of things in the book well my first reaction to that is that's a little bit pompous And secondly, the name that's written, at least in this book, isn't the actual name of the wind. It's, I believe it's Siaru for like a gust or something. So it's like, oh, if really? I say, I believe so. I can look it up. Because um, he showed the word and it was the one in here. Yeah, I mean, it's like writing viento. Like it, it means wind, but it's just in a different language. Hmm. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. I remember where it was. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I don't know if it's Siaru, but it's on page 606. Readers, <laughs> listeners, if you want to read along. <laughs> readers. Well, both. <laughs> um, yeah, so Simon definitely uh, recognizes the word as wind, and the actual name of the wind is so difficult, and it it's always changing, that... No offense to Simon, but like it's a very hard thing to come by, especially since mm. it's always changing. Yeah. Like you have to really think about it, and it's not like something so commonly known. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So maybe Rothfuss was just a bit lazy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he'll publish like a dictionary, and honestly, that would probably be like six hundred pages as well because he created intricate world like it's crazy how complex it is like he has history that is often talked about throughout the book like through stories and stuff and then as you said like different languages and dialects and then nationalities and races currencies government social systems everything yeah that's true he even bothers with several different currencies from different countries like and their yeah. conversions yeah yeah their conversions too <laughs> and then like also so this book is a heroic fantasy or whatever genre you want to say it is but it's really interesting how like fantasy when i think about it it is like magic and then elves and dragons and fey and whatever but immediately, like, the Chronicler has that book that um, disproves the existence of dragons. And then we are introduced to the magic, which also there's, like, so many different types of magic, like sympathy, alchemy, sigildry, or whatever it's called, and, like, more. Mm-hmm. And it is a fantasy, but it also, he makes it feel kind of real. Like, this could have happened because... Like, the dragons aren't real, and we have this magic system, but it's not just like, ooh, magic, I can make these things happen. It's kind of, like, related to physics and the mind and, like, actually physically doing it. And Rothfuss, I think, does a really good job of explaining those concepts, how, like, Quoth splits his mind and, like, does those things. I think he does a good job of that. 
I agree. And the way he does it as well, like, it's really entertaining. So, for example, the laws of sympathy. (laughs) He does this when Kvothe is asked by a master to give a guest lecture since Kvothe believes that Um, he knows all of the basics already. And so it's done in this, like, sort of mocking way where the reader is like, oh, yeah, Quoth knows these things. But at the same time, you're learning about how the magic system works. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. And then what helps it further is that they say time and time again, this isn't magic. Like, people who don't understand it believe it to be magic. But it's not like people can learn it like they literally go to university to learn it and it's not like hogwarts where you can do it or you're not you can't yeah it's not some innate ability it's like oh yeah i want to learn i don't know to um make bridges so you go to the university and make bridges and here it's like oh i want to to learn how to connect things with my mind (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) oh Uh, So for world building, I want to give credit where credit is due. And when I was first thinking about what I would give this, I was very tempted to give it a 10. And then I decided to go with a 9.5 because of the too many idioms for my liking. Um, And also because I'm petty and I want a dictionary, a pronunciation guide, and a phrase bag. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) All right, 9.5. I gave it a 10, but I see your point. It is kind of annoying. So. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Do you want to move on to the next one or? Yes. Nice. Writing style. It's nice. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Moving on. Next category. (laughs) No, I think it was was really good. Like, you have the different writing styles between the different stories, like the one at the end and the one and quote Mm -hmm. stories. So you have, like, the um, first person past tense and I think then in the inn you have third person. I don't think it's omniscient necessarily at least it's not omniscient the whole time because there's one bit where it it was like only from Bast's perspective or only from Chronicles Chronicles perspective but you still have the difference in tone Mm -hmm. and in sense like it's almost as if you're being drawn out of the story together mm-hmm. with the characters when there's an interruption at the end, which yeah. I think is a really, really good sign. Um, there are yeah. lots of descriptions and metaphors that help move the story yeah. along, and they're weaved in in a very nice way. In a, I found them really compelling. I, I like the metaphors too, and he uses them well, but I think he... He uses too many or tries to. It's a bit much sometimes. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if you want to skim reading it, then you can (laughs) skip like half of it. (laughs) That's true. I think it adds, personally, I really enjoyed it and I think it adds more color to the story and also makes you feel more of what the characters are feeling. Yeah. So, like, when comparing something to walking out on a frozen lake and getting to the part where the ice is starting to thin and you see the cracks 
and then comparing that to talking to your crush. <laughs> like, it's, mm-hmm. it's very nice. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm probably going to edit this part out, but <laughs> I want to say it. Like, <laughs> I, I was reading Legend the other day. You remember that book? Yeah. That yeah. one is so simple and straight to the point. It's almost, like, minimalistic mm. writing style. And so you get through the story much quicker, but you don't... It's also, like, this big. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> true. Like Name of the wind is... <laughs> so you do get through the story much quicker, but there's a less sense of connectivity to the character. And so I think yeah. what the description adds is not only more flavor, but also, yeah, you're connected more to the characters within the story and you're more emotionally invested. Yeah, that's true. And, like, that's kind of seen also when Quoth is trying to pick a flower that relates to Denna. Like, that whole conversation, you're getting a feel for their relationship and what he thinks of her and that kind of stuff. And then also, like, the metaphor and theme of, or motif of fire and burning throughout, it's used to explain, like, a lot of different things. Um, I think, like, woman and words and music and Quoth's personality and, like, it's interesting how they're all described in kind of different ways as well, but like they're all related to fire and burning and it helps you. It, it's really nice to have that throughout and like understand the characters and the concepts with that. Yeah, I agree. I'm surprised I hadn't noticed it before, but even mm-hmm. like with with Quoth's appearance himself, he says like yeah. his hair is unkempt. It looks like he's been a light, like set a fire. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like there's also a whole paragraph. I have it here. I don't remember who says it. Maybe it's Diok or however you say his name. You know, the the guy, the owner yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, Diok. women are like fires. Yeah, he's like, women are like fires, like flames. Some women are like candles, bright and friendly. Some are single sparks or embers or fireflies chasing in the summer night. Like, it's just kind of a nice little way to describe things. It's kind of, It's interesting. I... Oh, when I think of fire, I'm just like, fire, you know? But there's so much more to it. Yeah, Sorry, that was kind of a side point. <laughs> Sorry, what was the last thing you said? Oh, that was kind of a side point. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And I really liked, like, also the emphasis put on this moment is a testament to the dramatic nature of Quoth. But um, yeah. when he's about to try out for his, like, silver pipes which mm-hmm. is like a rite of passage within the Aeolian, Aeolian for musicians. He talks to Stankion, the other, or Stankion? I don't know. <laughs> I called him Other st- owner. <laughs> I think that's wrong. <laughs> so, guy. The, the music manager. Yes, the other owner of the Aeolian. And he goes, oh, um, it's time we had someone else with Ilian's fire. Mm-hmm. And then Quoth goes, I need a place to burn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Great. Okay. So nice. what score did you give it? Um, I gave it a 10. Oh, nice. Nice. I, gave I don't it know. Okay. We can do nine. I also just one more thing. I really like the first person with Quoth telling the story because it feels like he's telling us, the readers. Mm. And I feel like I'm sitting in the inn listening as well. I love it. So 9 out of 10 for writing style? Mm Mm-hmm.
And now we come to our last category of media. And this category is a little bit difficult to explain, but basically it boils down to how well the author, in this case because we're talking about books, how well the author used the medium of written word to convey their story. And hopefully you'll get a little bit of more of a sense of what we mean by that by uh, an example, but yeah, here's the medium. I think Rothfuss did a really good job and I especially really liked how he was weaving the, the two stories together. We've mentioned this many times, um, <laughs> but the way he does it in this written form is perfect. Like how, well, perfect. Oh, what is perfect? <laughs> it's great. It's really, really good. Um, so especially by using the different tenses, like first person and third person, you get like the tone shift, the way that the in, the stuff that happens in the in is usually confined to a couple of chapters, if that many, sometimes it's just one. And it like, it helps you, it helps remind you of that you're, oh, you're listening to this story, right? Like there's something else happening. So I think he did a very good job with that. And the way, again, this comes down a lot with writing style, but the way he uses metaphors to describe things is really effective in getting those emotions, whereas maybe like a movie or a TV show would use music for that. Mm -hmm. He uses um, metaphors and it's it's done really well. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And again, with the, the different cultures and the dialects, sometimes it's hard to make that come across in mm -hmm. written form because you can't see that. But again, like especially with the dialect, you can kind of hear the dialect inside your head. Like oi yeah. instead of I. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. It's nice. And uh, <laughs> and I think it's really good. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about. So the way he tells the story again with the two plot lines, really brings perspective. So for example, right before we as the reader meet Denna, we go back to the inn and Quoth is like agonizing over how am I supposed to describe this beautiful, wondrous woman, the love of my life, such a mystery, like <laughs> she's as beautiful as whatever. And he starts describing her eyes in like 10 million different ways. And then um, Bost goes like, Quoth, she has a crooked nose. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> and so it brings the reader back. Like, it is Quoth telling the story. So we're getting a biased version. And yes, Dana yeah. is like an amazing person. But we're seeing her through the eyes of Quoth. And so this interaction with Bast right before it helps us bring that into perspective, kind of. Mm -hmm. So I really liked the way he uses that to tell the story. Yeah. I agree. It's really, yeah, I, I love that scene. Because it also shows, like, in, in the story, it's kind of like Denna is perfect and sort of like Quoth is the perfect character and stuff. But then Bast is like, <laughs> I actually saw her. I met her once. And she's not, like, as beautiful as you say she is. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so she's not this incredible, perfect 
specimen of a human. Um, she has the perfect ears, though. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, it, he makes it flow nicely. And even those breakups, like, if you're watching it on a movie or a TV show, you can, it's generally flows pretty nice. Like, they have good um, transitions, but it's hard to do that in a book when you're, like, cutting it off at the story and, like, doing a new perspective and stuff. But he does a really good job of making it flow and not boring and that kind of stuff, which as we talked about a little bit earlier too. But he also, like, adding on to that, those metaphors, he also, like, does a really good job at painting a scene and, like, bringing out this really beautiful imagery. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like you can actually see it. And it, at the first couple chapters, I kind of... I mean, I guess I felt it throughout, but I felt it really in the first ones where it kind of felt like he was writing it. I don't know if this is going to sound really stupid, so (laughs) no judgments. But I thought it was like kind of sounded like a song or a poem. Like it was written quite lovely. Just I don't know how to describe it. It just I guess it flowed nicely. And it just kind of like reiterated that theme throughout like music is such a central part of close life. And it's so important throughout the story and it just kind of was like shown through the writing as well Mm. yeah i agree that's a really nice way to put it and yeah kind of picking up on that theme of flow it's interesting how he doesn't only use chapter breaks but he also has like lines which break between the chapter so we Mm. know sort of when the tone is kind of shifting or maybe when the pace kind of picks up a little bit or things like that because also Quoth is telling the story of let's see like at least five years of his life within one day so the way he sort of balances that out while still giving us the full picture of Quoth's life and what made him who he is today or at least we don't entirely know why he wants no. to <laughs> but what made him who Quoth is at the end of the book, mm-hmm. uh, we get a really good idea. So I I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. Me too. Nice. Do you have any closing comments on this category? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, I I gave it a nine. Nice. Me too. It was really nice. I liked it. Yeah. But again, as I said, not perfect. <laughs> exactly. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Not even Denna. Not even Denna. No, she has a crooked nose. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, so that was our review of The Name of the Wind, which took a little bit longer than expected, but you know what? A lot it's longer. It's one of my favorite books, right? So, like, it's, it's, it's worth the time. But that concludes our review of The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Sarah, do you have any final comments? I don't think so, other than just thank you for letting me talk about this book with you. That was really fun. (laughs) It was really fun. So, yeah, thank you so much for being on here, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thanks to the listeners for listening. Sarah, do you have anything you want to plug? Good question. Um, Not particularly. Maybe I we talked about this before, but maybe the second book of the King Killer Chronicles, Wise Men of Spear. It's uh, I I really like that book too, which maybe Nora and I will have to discuss it later as well. But yeah, it's, uh, 
follows a lot of the same themes, but also brings about some new mysteries, <laughs> which I know we all like. Um, so I highly recommend, even though the third book isn't out yet, it's still a great two books to read. So I wholeheartedly agree. So <laughs> yeah, thanks again. If you liked what you heard, you can tell a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Reviews in Twos with the two as a number to stay up to date with all of the like podcasting things like when new episodes are coming out and um, just fun posts relating to podcasts. And if you want to comment or something, you can also send us an email at reviewsintwos at gmail.com, also with the two as a number. And yeah, again, if you liked it... Please tell a friend and thank you so much for listening all the way until the end. And <laughs> as always, have a wonderful day. This episode was produced, recorded, edited, and directed by Nora Kulkman, and the music is composed and performed by yours truly.